0: time for the cinema geekly podcast episode 41 my name is anthony lewis and i'm glenn Bove. thanks for checking us out on cinema geekly.com facebook twitter google plus and tumblr all at cinema geekly uh no aaron again this week we're trading on and off with hosts (laughs) it feels like we get glenn one week we get aaron one week glenn is back again this week and uh if the pattern holds we should be eventually swinging back around to when you were both on the show yeah. I know Aaron really wanted to, to be on here tonight because he had a lot of stuff to, to discuss and he saw some movies as well that he wanted to uh, to talk about but he's got class and uh, education is far more important than movies or so I'm told by others uh, <laughs> so we will uh, we're going to let him slide this week and uh, talk about the uh, the week that was in, uh, in film and TV uh, I, I don't know if you saw this Aaron was... Uh, he was uh, on the ball this week and posted the trailer for season four of Eastbound and Down. Have you seen any of this show uh, from HBO?
1: I I've seen bits and pieces, but it's and for me, it's really hard me to follow anything on HBO and Showtime. Like okay. I, I have to, I got to pick a show and then I kind of got to stick with it. And then I have and then if they come on Netflix later on, then I'm able to to watch them. But no, I, I I've fallen through on. Am I keeping up with a V and down
0: have you do you have the gist of the idea of this program oh yeah yeah okay. <laughs> I know what the show's about it's a uh, it's it's tremendous but um, the the word and and the trailer looks fun I'm just curious what they're gonna do this season because the uh, from what I gather the the show was done last season like they were they were done like season three was the end of the series and I think they kind of got talked back into doing a fourth season. So it felt like they had a three-season plan of what they wanted to do, and uh, I'm curious to see what they do here because this sort of feels like well we weren't really planning for any of th- anything past what happened in season three. So uh, you know I'm I'm curious to see where they take it. Obviously, it, it seemed like baseball has very little to do with that season where it was kind of uh, very important to the other three seasons about Kenny Powers making it back to the major leagues and shit. Uh, which I always thought was funny because he was uh, he was like the fireball uh, closer, and those are the guys who always burn out the fastest, yeah. and their careers are always pretty short, and they you know they don't really make comeback. Once those guys are done, they're done, and they don't really make comebacks and stuff. And he just refused to to believe that. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It looked it looked it looked pretty cool. It, it looks fun. I'm just curious of what direction they're going to be taking the show in so uh, and it's coming back pretty quickly here i think it premieres uh the 29th of september so we're getting really close to the the debut now that newsroom has finished its season on hbo i think that's gonna probably come in and replace newsroom in that time slot or maybe boardwalk empire will be in there as well Uh, that's another show i started watching but i'm just getting into boardwalk empire so I'm, i'm not too deep into into that show yet uh maybe at some point we'll we can talk a little more in depth about it but i haven't seen too much uh, as it relates to that show um glenn before we we go too far um you you sent me this video game review uh (laughs) in in response to to morgan who wrote into the show last week um um commenting that you know she likes she likes everything it's just that you know she she wondered if we'd be upping the ante on, on doing more video game and, and television news and reviews. And, uh, Glenn had written this review. Um, what was the, uh, what was the review for? It was, uh,
1: it was for 1991 Sega Genesis Flicky. <laughs>
0: of course. If you have a PlayStation three, I think that you can get a, yeah. it. It might be on the, the Sega ultimate collection or something like that. um, the review I'm, I'm gonna end up putting it on facebook because it's not quite long enough i think nor series enough no, to be no. uh, an actual review of a video game and i'm like should i put this in retro reviews where should i put this and um once i actually read it i was like oh that's an awfully short <laughs> review but games were simpler back then and yep. uh they, they weren't as complicated as the newfangled games of today but i guess morgan be careful what you wish for glenn may uh may, uh, you know, bust out a review for Echo the Dolphin next week, perhaps. so uh, Maybe, maybe. If I can get past <laughs> the first level, I'll
1: definitely write one for Echo the Dolphin.
0: Uh, in other news, Joe McDonald was jumping for joy because they officially released a lot of word about the fourth Jurassic Park movie, which is now being called Jurassic World. I don't know how I feel about that name, Glenn, but, uh, I think we all kind of heard the rumblings that a jurassic park another Jurassic Park movie was gonna be in the pipeline uh pretty much since the third one came out, but the third one kind of flopped a little bit, and a lot of talk about it died for years and years but slowly we started hearing more rumblings about it and finally we got the the word that it's not only is it coming but here's the name and here's like a logo for it it's coming out. Uh, the summer of 2015 uh do you have any particular any particular thoughts on this though i guess the one thing i should mention that i am um excited about is that the the director colin trevorrow did safety not guaranteed which we uh, reviewed on the website and it's an awesome little indie film Uh, it's also on netflix by the way that's not my netflix pick but uh it is on netflix And uh, I would highly recommend watching that. I know that sounds exactly like a Netflix pick, but (laughs) it's not my pick for this week. But I'm just saying um, that gives me some – it's also co-writing it, which is putting some faith in it uh, for me. Obviously, Steven Spielberg is exec-producing, but he exec-produces everything. So that really shouldn't come as a surprise uh, to anybody. The amount of films that that man's name is on is tremendous. So it's like it's on Schindler's List, which he you know, also – directed but it's also on like transformers and stuff like that so uh glenn your impressions on jurassic world uh did you read uh, any of the details about it all
1: i i read the details and i um I, I couldn't i tried to send it to Aaron to see if he can post it but i saw a a video that they did out. One of their one of the conventions, I I forget which convention it was, but it was a clip or it was like a like a demo reel, like I did for Tron a few years ago, and what they've done with Ant Man. Yes. Uh, just just a kind of a video of giving me an idea what the movie might be about, and that's what scared me. I uh, I'm, whenever you you talk about Colin Trevorrow, I I I was like, okay. Well, I'm gonna go see uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, so I have an idea, and I absolutely I agree with you. I love the movie; it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, whenever I saw Mark Duplass was going to be, it, I was like, okay, yep. I watched, mm-hmm. and uh, it, uh, and so it was kind of like, okay, I'm excited. I like, you know, he's a young up and comer, kind of like how Duncan Jones was, and now he's doing Warcraft. Uh, yeah. and I watched the clip, and it starts off, and it's like this pterodactyl crashes on top of a, uh, like like a lookout for like lifeguards out on the coast. Mm-hmm. And then he flies off, and it shows shows people like surfing. And then he like grabs somebody that's surfing, and he flies away with him in his mouth. And the guy's still kind of screaming and moving. Yeah. And then eventually he dies, and he throws him up in the air. Another pterodactyl catches him, and then that pterodactyl's mad that it caught his food or something, and they it flies after it. And that that's the trailer. It's like forty seconds long, and it does a couple of close up on the eyeballs.
0: Oh, so um, it's it's mainly a, kind of a CGI. Yeah, test of like this is what it would look like this is what it would look like with people and uh, yeah. human environment and things like that
1: and I, I hope that's not what the story deals with I know like a lot of rumors are like it's going to be about like like how the San Diego one and the second one mm-hmm. like they're actually going to have a theme park on the mainland and then they're supposed to go back to Isla, or Isla Nublar like they're supposed right. to go back to the first island right which I hope I mean but I don't I, I don't know it's that franchise is tricky. They got it right the first time and then the other two they kind of
0: Right. And, and I, they got it, I, I felt like they got it half right the second time. Yeah, I, mean, I like the second one. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh third one the dinosaur with the cell phone in its stomach. <laughs> um I, I don't know how that I don't know how that works scientifically speaking, but um... <laughs> It's
1: Joe Johnson. It's going to be cheesy. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, that, that one didn't work for me at all. So I don't know. It's, uh, to me, if, to me, I felt, to me, it feels like they've gotten, you know, kind of progressively worse, you know?
1: hmm
0: So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, the, uh, they released the, uh, the movie poster style art for the, uh, the day of the doctor, which is the, uh, not the Christmas special, It's just a special episode where they're involving David Tennant and John Hurt. Uh, I'm still psyched beyond belief that John Hurt's going to be in a Doctor Who episode. Um, So that is not the final Matt Smith episode. The final Matt Smith episode is still going to be a Christmas special that I believe they're still filming shots for. So that's still going on. Uh, Aaron posted a trailer up on the Facebook page for Mortal Kombat Legacy 2. Which is the uh I don't did you ever watch the uh the first web series that was on Machinima? Uh I
1: watched the uh I, I watched a couple of the episodes. I've I haven't seen all of them.
0: Were you uh were you as impressed uh as the rest of the world seemed to be with the how they took the they took a, a different take on uh on that you know I mean obviously there was the two movies that were you know what they were (laughs) so uh this tried to do the gritty realism version i guess while still you know i mean obviously there's all sorts of fantastical stuff in it but they tried to ground it a little bit more um did you did you enjoy what you saw i I, I, for the most part pretty much dug what i saw
1: yeah i liked it i thought it was really interesting it was just one of those things i kind of forgot about i was like okay i'll check it out when they post the new episodes and then i just it never happened right
0: um, yeah, I, this is one of those things I wish Aaron was here for because he could maybe fill me in a little bit more on it because the last I heard was that it was so well received and all the episodes got so many, you know, views on YouTube and stuff like that, that they were considering giving this guy, you know, the big budget to, you know, maybe do like a movie out of it. And, uh, then I didn't hear anything for a long time and now they're saying, oh no, we're doing a second season on, uh, on Machinima. So there, that's continuing on as a web series. I'm curious to find out um, what happened. Like, how close to a movie did it, you know? Did it ever materialize to that level, or did it not even come close? Or because uh, I didn't really keep up with it, so I was curious to see where it continued. the The trailer looked okay. It did, I mean, it didn't look tremendous, but it didn't look, you know, terrible either. So, uh, I'll you know I'll probably end up giving it a watch or two. Uh, you a big fan of the uh, the wizarding world of Harry Potter?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess.
0: I uh, I mean it's it's okay. You can... I
1: don't I don't hate it. I mean it's
0: you don't have It to, is what it is. You yeah. don't have to you don't have to be in the closet. I I'm a <laughs> I I was at one point. I was deeply like uh uh I think they had made 3 movies before I decided to actually watch one. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz I was just like there's no way. It's just those are little kid movies. That's a, those are little kid books. And little kid movies. I mean, I had no idea that the books and movies would, you know, mature as the characters matured and stuff. Um, which, you know, which they did. I mean, they kept some aspects of it, but they clearly got darker and more grown up as the books and the movies went on. Uh, yeah, the uh, that world is is going to continue. I mean, people have been clamoring for a long time for J.K. Rowling to write a prequel book series or a sequel book series. Uh, instead, they're going to do a spinoff of Harry Potter, essentially, without writing uh, any new books. It's uh, going to be called Fantastic... I don't know if they're going with the title of the, that book for the movie, but basically it's based off of a textbook that the children learn from in Hogwarts called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by Newt Scamander. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's probably going to be some Harry Potter people that are going to burn me at the stake for... probably mispronouncing that name. I'm sorry. Um, They're like, it's Scamander, or, you know, something. Uh, (laughs) But the idea here is that uh, Warner Brothers uh, approached her to do the screenplay. She did contrary to popular belief. She had nothing to do with the writing of the Harry Potter movies. Uh, I believe she was a, an executive producer or something to that degree, and I'm sure she had input, Uh, but she didn't actually write the screenplays. And, these, she's, these are screenplays she is going to be writing herself. So these are all – it's essentially like new books. It's just in movie form. I'm sure if you'd want to download the scripts or something, you can treat it as a, as a book. But uh, that's I guess that's the direction they're going. They're going to be following the, the author of this book and the events and adventures that he goes on or whatever that I guess uh, lead to the creation of this book. Which sounds like such a horrible premise, but – Um, you know, I thought Harry Potter was going to be terrible until I watched them and was pleasantly surprised by, you know, how good everything was. So I don't know. I guess the events of the, of these movies are supposed to be long before the Harry Potter dead, like 70 years or something like that prior to the, uh, the events in the Harry Potter books, which by the way, I think take place in the nineties as far as, uh, I don't know when the movies take, they never really uh date themselves in the movies, I don't think as to when the movies take place, but in the books I believe it's like the nineties or something like that. But I could be wrong.
1: Oh, I mean it's it's Warner Brothers. I mean they clearly know what they're doing with, mm-hmm. you know, franchises and everything they have to do. You I mean, just look look what they've done with Superman and having him kill everything. They <laughs> they know It worked. They know hey, they got big doing.
0: box office.
1: Yeah, it did. I guess. I mean, no, nah, they. Well, it I made, think they made just, big
0: money. Uh, I guess there's I think that. The
1: rats being at straws at this point, they need to find something to make right. money off of. Since
0: right, I mean, I don't, I, you know, at the same time though, I don't know. I'm because you think if they really wanted to do that, they would have pressured her into making more Harry Potter stuff, like direct Harry Potter stuff. But this is, this is kind of like only you know like the most you're going to see of hogwarts in these movies maybe is like a framing device, right? Like they'll you know, use the book in in class or something as a framing device like, you know, and then you go into the story of uh this guy or whatever who wrote the books. But I I don't know. I'm again, I'm going to wait and see on it. It sounds kind of way out of the blue and you're right, it does kind of feel like grasping at straws, but you know, she has a history of writing pretty decent stuff by and large, so she's good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm cautiously invested. I'll say that.
1: I mean, I'll uh, see it. As much trash as I'll talk, I'll see it, and I'll see anything else they pump out franchise-wise.
0: Uh, Justin Bieber <laughs> tried very hard to troll the internet uh, the other day when he posted an Instagram picture of himself holding a script for the Batman vs. Superman movie, uh, which looked fairly official. And he hashtagged it with Robin. Um, there were people, by the way, who were legitimately freaked out by this. Um, if you were smart enough, Aaron, you know, Aaron knew it, and I didn't post anything in the Facebook picture uh, as well, just because, uh, you know, why ruin all the fun so quickly? As to say, like, oh, don't don't freak out. He's not going to be in the movie. Um, but uh, apparently earlier in the day, I mean, it hasn't been confirmed either, but one would one would presume these are linked. Earlier in the day, he mentioned something about going to film something for Funny or Die. And uh, with all of the recent hate about Ben Affleck being cast as Batman, it seems very reasonable to think that they're going to do some sort of sketch where Justin Bieber is being cast in the movie as well like if you thought Ben Affleck was a terrible choice you know that sort of thing so it seems pretty mm-hmm. obvious uh and again i wish Aaron would be uh was available because he said he was uh he was able to tear down and and point for point uh explain exactly why this is not a an actual script uh for the movie first and foremost i think they they make scripts look nicer these days like i don't think they look... <laughs> I don't. I don't think they they uh they look like that anymore. I think they used to, but I don't think they make scripts look like that anymore. Uh, but we have the picture on the on the website anyway, so you can you know at least close your eyes and imagine yourself in that hellscape <laughs> that would involve Justin Bieber as Robin. Although some people pointed out that. You know, maybe it's the uh, the story where the Joker beats Robin to death with a crowbar. (laughs) So perhaps that would be the movie. And if that's the case, I'm totally fine with that casting choice. If they uh, they want to go that route, Um, let's uh, talk about quickly what's brand new on the website outside of the news that we posted. Uh, Of course, from one to another, part two. Hit Girl with a pinch of pig's blood is your second. uh, It's it's more of an addendum to the the John Voight blog. Where we kind of you delve a little bit more into our, uh, uh, our our brilliant idea that the Hit Girl conclusion of Kick-Ass 2 and Carrie are linked together to make one super origin story, uh, which I'm totally just a fan of. I'm uh, I'm totally cool with that. So hopefully, if we say it enough, Glenn, it'll just become true. <laughs> <laughs> like, the studio will pick up on it and they're like, Maybe we should tie those two franchises together. Well it's uh
1: it's just like I said, like I I think I briefly mentioned it, like if you look at Born Legacy mm-hmm. as a Hawkeye prequel, yes. it's a lot better movie. <laughs> and so like before I had seen that movie, I just had it ingrained in my mind, this is a Hawkeye, not born, this is Hawkeye not born. Yes. And I was kinda like, Oh, you know, this kind of makes sense. So that's how he would have met Black Widow. Right. So it's just little tricks to my really naive mind that I can do to help me enjoy. You are so lucky that you can. Yeah. I, can, I, I can
0: mean, outs- I'm, I'm, I'm partially there. I'm partially there. I'm the guy who can like fill in blanks where if people are like, what about this plot hole? What about this plot hole? What about this plot hole? I'm like, you know, just cause they didn't explicitly explain it in the movie doesn't mean you can't explain it,
1: you yeah. know,
0: just logically in your mind or whatever. It's like, I do that all the time. So plot holes don't always, you know, because obviously if you, put a movie under, you know, the right amount of scrutiny, anything is going to fall apart. If you put it under any amount of – even your favorite movie of all time, you can probably put it under the right amount of scrutiny to make it completely fall apart. And, you know, that's not fun at all. Who who has fun doing that? Uh, Maybe if you dislike a movie, it's fun to do it. But I can't imagine anybody who would love a movie to the point where they want to pick it apart and then, you know, make it not enjoyable for them to watch anymore. So, yeah, I'm the guy who fills in the plot points in this mind, like if the they don't do it, hey, lost finale doesn't make a lot of sense, oh yeah, <laughs> well, I'll just I'll come up with something uh, the end of Battlestar Galactica, you know what the hell happened to Starbuck for real you know i'll you know i can I can come up with stuff, or sometimes I will take information that comes from comic books or things that are kind of like tied in, but they're like other media platforms and things like that, and I'll just use those story elements that. You know, and sometimes they do that, but you can't count on people to, you know, read three or four, you know, comic books in relation to a TV show to get the rest of the story. Uh, but I don't have a problem doing that at all. So, uh, also on the website, I did see the movies I said I was going to see, and I reviewed them just like I said I was going to. Elysium, uh, review for the uh, the second Neil Blomkamp film, and uh, I gotta say, I was kind of let down by it. I don't know, Glenn, have you seen this yet?
1: No, I haven't. It looked good, then at the same time, I was kind of like, oh, I feel like this could be really bad.
0: It wasn't, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. I gave it three geeky glasses out of five. Uh, It was just a, you know, it was just a step down. And I don't want to say, part of me always wanted to say a sizable step down, but that makes it seem like, oh, this movie was terrible. It wasn't really, it was a very noticeable step down, but it wasn't, you know, huge. I mean, there's still parts of it that are good, uh, there's some parts of it that are that are you know great, but yeah, uh, for me it was the characters that kind of ruined it. Um, even though I like Matt Damon in a lot of stuff, and I know he can do action and he can do drama, uh, his character in this movie just, I, as I said in the review, just I didn't latch onto him at all. Um, like uh, anybody could have played the character Matt Damon played in that movie Max. Uh as as I said it uh what I, what I said specifically was it, it didn't feel like Matt Damon brought anything specific to it. Uh no matter how small or insignificant uh, a thing he brought to it, it just felt like anybody could have done it. And like it just didn't feel like oh man, nobody else could have done that except Matt Damon. Uh Jodie Foster was not good in this at all. She was terrible. Uh, but I don't know. I saw a lot of people say that, but I haven't liked a Jodie Foster movie since Panic Room. And for me, that wasn't even all Jodie Foster. It was a lot of the other people involved that made me like that movie, but I haven't really dug her in anything since that. So, uh, you know, from where I'm sitting, she hasn't made a great movie in like a decade. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy her in this. Um, Chateau Copley, though, was, again, awesome. Uh, he was Kruger. He was kind of like the muscle for Jodie Foster's bad guy. Um, and, you know, he did the opposite of what Matt Damon did. He, you know, brought something to the role. He's uh, terrifying, and he has got he does this voice that doesn't sound like it should belong to a dude as scary as he is, and, um, you know, he's just, he's awesome. I would see anything that Charlton Copley's in, so just put him in more movies, everybody. But yeah, this is uh, basically. I said at the end of the day, it's a step down from District Nine, worth a watch, but it's like a one-off for me. I'll keep watching like District Nine for a long time, and you know, I don't know. I may watch Elysium one more time, but I, I don't know. I don't even know if I, you know, pick up a copy to have in my collection even. So it was just there. So disappointing. The other flick I saw, The World's End, the finale to the Cornetto trilogy. And uh this was awesome. I have no complaints about this. I gave this four and a half geeky glasses out of five and uh Glenn, I hope this is on your list to check out' cause, um it's worth have you you watched the other two?
1: Yeah, I've seen the other two i just i haven't seen this one yet it,
0: It's limited this, everywhere i think I don't even know if it's wide
1: it's at it's at our mall theater and it our mall theater is disgusting so i <laughs> I never see anything there.
0: Put down paper towels on the seats before you sit down.
1: Yeah, like I mean that. Yeah, it, it's disgusting.
0: It's just run down and stuff. It's not like the draft house or anything like that. Uh, yeah, i feel like <laughs> <laughs> Bring up the Alamo Draft House.
1: Yeah. Which which again like you have driven by. House. Which
0: again you have driven by before.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it
1: I'll just I'll, next time I need to see a movie I'll drive six hours to the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was totally worth it. Actually, you're that, that'll probably make you hate movies just because the, <laughs> the insane drive. You're just like that. Just wasn't worth the drive. I mean, the movie was fun, I guess, but uh, no. This was uh, this was awesome, and uh, I, I said as easily as you can call it the Cornetto trilogy because obviously that's sort of like the funny name for it because that that ice cream sort of makes an appearance in all of the movies, and it only makes the briefest of cameos in in the World's End. And it's literally right near the end of the movie when it makes its appearance. But I'm like, you know, if if we're naming, if we're naming the, because these, this is a loose trilogy. Let's be honest, they're and in, and in other, otherwise no way connected. Uh, but if we can call it the Cornetto trilogy, you could probably also just call it the Friendship trilogy, because uh, I mean, those that's like the central theme, kind of in all of the movies, no matter how silly it is. Um, you know, whether the that one town is crazy or it's full of zombies or. In this case, it's full of robots that aren't robots. Uh, that's a joke from the film. Uh, the, the central theme is always the, the core friendship, and it's largely the core friendship between Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost, although there's, there's more people in this movie this time around that are in the group of friends like Martin Freeman and Eddie Marson and stuff like that are all kind of part of this, this group. But, yeah, uh, essentially the story is uh, Simon Pegg is Gary King, who is kind of like the the top dog, I guess, of his particular group of friends. But they all grew up and he didn't. And, uh, you know, he uh, and I guess the central theme is that uh, he wants to go on this pub crawl with his friends because it's going to give him some sort of control, I guess, about how he feels about his his own life. Uh, because i i'm guessing he uh without spoiling too much uh is is secretly uh not feeling so great about his life despite his outward appearance um and this is sort of like the only thing he feels like he has left uh but man it's it's awesome it's it's funny it's, uh, it's deeper than you would think uh as far as like you know uh the message of friendship and stuff, it goes a little bit deeper than the other movies even delve into. And, uh, it does kind of feel like an end to a, to a trilogy, which is so weird to say, because again, they're really not related at all to each other, but, um, it's, it's so good. And it's, it's definitely up there with the, the best comedies of the year. So yeah, I would. And the, the funniest thing is the two best comedies this year, both about the end of the world which is so strange, but it's The World's End and This is the End are the two best comedies this year, easily. So uh, I would highly recommend, Glenn, that you go watch these movies, which I'm sure you'll get right on as soon as you can. Um, the World's End, I don't think you're going to get a chance. I mean, if that's only showing in the one theater, I think the only chance for you to see it is to wait till it hits Blu-ray.
1: Yeah, I'll, uh, Blu-ray, I don't think I'll go to Dallas to go
0: see it, so... It is it is really good though. So if there's if there's a shorter drive available, I would I would recommend it, but uh otherwise you may have to wait until the Blu-ray release. And speaking of which, coincidentally, Blu-ray releases, we have them and uh what better way to buy your Blu-rays than to do it through amazon.com, Glenn? I feel okay. like I'm running out of ways to say this. <laughs> um but, hey, if, if that is how you want to go about it, pick up your Blu-rays or your video games or uh, or your skee-ball table. Um, they do have skee-ball tables, right? Of course. I think you can get that at Amazon. I'm not sure. Uh, we may have to look into that. <laughs> you can get a variety of things from Amazon. And if, if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well do it in a way that will help out Cinemageekly.com. And it's really easy to do. Instead of going to Amazon, you go to Cinemageekly, like... Uh, like normal, except this time you're you're shopping on Amazon. There's a button on the right hand side of the screen. You click it. It takes you to Amazon.com like normal, and you can shop like normal. Costs nothing extra, and eight to ten percent of your purchase comes right back to Cinema Geekly as a as a referral, and uh, we're just helping you out by by listing some of the Blu-ray releases for September the seventeenth, twenty thirteen. The movie that Made Kevin Smith a director. Slacker is hitting Blu-ray, the Criterion Collection. Have you ever seen this movie? It's on my Netflix queue. I've just never gotten around to seeing it. No, no, I've never seen it. Hmm. It's apparently the movie that made Kevin Smith want to be a director. So there is there is that. I, I have a feeling I'm going to watch that and and feel uh, a lot, get a lot of Clerks vibes from it because that uh slacker came out in 1991 and clerks came out only three years later so uh the second season of Grimm from universal the east from uh from fox season one of bates motel from universal i have not seen this have you watched this i've seen a couple
1: episodes and it's really really good really like, like it's it's surprisingly really good
0: Okay, what channel is this on? Do you know?
1: It's on A and E. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The same, you know, same company
0: that does Duck Dynasty. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Yet they still have uh, Vera Framinga and and Freddie Highmore are in it, mm-hmm. and uh, that's crazy. I'm I'm down. I may have to go check some of this out. And of course, the complete first season of Arrow from Warner Brothers, which I'm going to have to pick up because Hulu Plus does not want to have the entire first season available to its paying customers, uh, you are instead left with episode 16 through whatever it is, 22. That is a shame because uh, I really want to check out that show. And everybody keeps telling me, you got to check it out. It's one of the few things that DC is getting right these days. Yeah, it's good and it's fun. So I, uh, I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to get on that ball and uh, and watch it. Glenn, do you, uh, do you have something you want to recommend from Netflix this week?
1: Oh, um. Oh gosh, I, I had it. I, uh, get back to me on that.
0: <laughs> okay. okay, I don't I don't have a not serious uh, pick like Glenn. I don't have anything to put in the Shark Week file, uh, like Glenn has uh, pointed out to us in the past. But um, I've got to say, man, it's it's been a it's been a pleasure since I started watching the show, and uh, it's one of the Netflix original series, and it's getting a lot of play. But um, if you haven't heard enough about it or you don't even know it exists and you haven't started watching or or you've seen it being pimped on netflix but you've been passing over it orange is the new black glenn have you had given any thought to watching this show
1: i want to watch it and i was about to but i started watching it crowd instead
0: oh it's it's so good orange is the new black is so good uh and I'm not just saying that as somebody who is a big fan of Weeds, because the same person who created Weeds is doing is doing this show as well. And I thought Weeds was tremendous. But this is really great. This basically threw me off of House of Cards. I was in the middle of watching House of Cards, and I'm like, eh, what can I hurt to start another show? And then I just got lost into this show. And I have not watched an episode of House of Cards in a couple of weeks, and I've just been pouring through episodes of Orange is New Black. Um, it's basically – it's based on a true story. Uh, about a former lesbian, I guess. I, I, I you know, I should probably say bi, I, she'd have to be bisexual. If she ended up in a relationship with a guy and was going to marry him or whatever. Uh, but the woman she was in love with uh, was worked for an international drug cartel, and she sort of—I don't know the whole story. I don't know if she knowingly or kind of unknowingly mule drugs into the United States, uh, and she ended up doing a like a fifteen month prison term in a minimum you know, minimum security federal prison. And uh, she ended up, you know, getting out and writing a book about it and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this is based off of that. And it's just been fascinating. Number one, it's refreshing to see a show where it's there's so many women and so few guys. There are guys in the show and they do play important parts. But it's very clearly a very, you know, girl power Uh, oriented show. Um, And there's clearly a whole bunch of things in there that women are going to find far funnier than I found because it's just, you know, humor that I can't relate to necessarily as much, but take that out of the equation. And it's just a damn fine show. It's just really good for anybody who thought, you know, Netflix is making TV shows. What the fuck? No, this is, this has worked out great, at least for Netflix. I, uh, I know Amazon is still in the midst of producing their original uh, comedies, and the ones that I have seen that I know that they're making, uh, I thought were great, and I can't wait to to see them fleshed out a little bit more. But Netflix has taken the ball and run with it. Uh, I mean, I guess forget what you how you feel about the uh, the the new season of Arrested Development. I know people were kind of hot and cold on that, uh, but House of Cards has been excellent, and Orange is the New Black is tremendous if it weren't for breaking bad it might be my favorite tv show right now uh but breaking bad still kind of far and away uh is on top of that particular mountain but man that's my that's my pick orange is the new black go seek it out on on netflix the whole season is up there it, it got renewed for a second season before they even put the first season up so they're gonna they're gonna make a second season and uh yeah i i can't wait glenn what do you do you have something now sir
1: you know, you're the only person I know who has stopped watching House of Cards and didn't just completely finish it. <laughs> really? Yeah, um, yeah I'm I am there yet? I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching it. I got engrossed really quick, and I just I, I got engrossed in it really quick, and so did my roommate because he didn't believe me when I told him how good it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I made it like you know six or seven episodes in, and then I started watching Orange Is the New Black, and that was you know, that just jumped out to me so quickly, and I'm like, oh, I've got to, uh, I mean, for as much as I like House of Cards, for me, whatever it was with Orange is the New Black, it was, you know, it was one of those episodes where it's like, oh, I got to watch the next one. Oh, I got to watch the next one now. Damn it. Now I got to watch the next one. And I kind of went on like that until I sort of forgot about (laughs) House of Cards. Um, So yeah, I I can't recommend that show uh, more highly, but yeah, it's it's tremendous house of cards is also great but uh yeah for me right now that's like my that's my current obsession i i'm i'm totally hooked on that show
1: i don't have a joke pick this week because we didn't watch a bad movie
0: we watched akira instead okay and so. well akira is good yeah i was gonna say <laughs> now the Shark week folder is sad this week there's
1: yeah, I mean, there's there's the core. I mean, that's on Netflix, and that that is not a good movie. But it's <laughs> not. It's not. In the, I wouldn't put it in the same genre or anywhere close to being as bad. Good mm-hmm. as something like Shark Week. I mean, right. there's Ghost Shark, but Ghost Shark isn't on Netflix, unfortunately.
0: Sadly enough, yes. God um,
1: so but no, bad. I uh, a movie I'd seen a while back, and I they just put it on here, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. um is once upon a time in the west oh it yeah
0: yeah yeah is
1: by far i mean it's an older movie it's yes. charles bronson and henry fonda is actually a bad guy mm-hmm. and he is terrifying it's it's about three hours long so it it's definitely takes a while but it is one of the best movies i've ever seen it's hands down maybe maybe sundance kid or butch casting sundance kid uh, is better as far as a western goes, but right. you can't get as far as a revenge movie. Right, it's right. nearly perfect in his motivations. you do not in until the end.
0: Awesome, that's an excellent review, sir. Yeah. Everybody, Netflix, Netflix these films up or television shows on the, as the as the case may be. I was actually really tempted to not do a, uh to not do a TV show until I started watching because you you mentioned TED talks. Uh, yeah. The last time you were on, and I'm like, "Ooh, I, I want to find something that's not necessarily uh, um, uh, a TV show. Maybe something that's more of a documentary." And I was thinking about the uh, the Long Way Down or Long Way Round series. Have you ever watched uh, either of those? Uh, I, I've seen a little bit of them. It was they were shockingly interesting to me, and they should be the like the antithesis of what I like cuz I'm not I don't like motorcycles and while I do like you know travel travel logs and things like that to a to a certain degree you know not particularly big into the whole idea but it's uh Ewan McGregor of, of Star Wars fame of course and uh his friend Charlie Borman who also does uh, I think he I think he does like a lot of documentary films and things like that. But they just like to ride bikes and they got the idea to ride their you know, the, the first documentary was them riding their bike from the you know, the, the highest or the highest northern point in I think in Ireland or Scotland or something and then they rode east uh until they got to the ocean and then, you know, rode through Canada or the United States. It was basically going from the northern point of uh, Scotland to New York, I think it was, uh, all on bikes, minus the ocean travel and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> the second one was from the northernmost point again, but then they went down to uh, uh, the Skeleton Coast in South Africa there for the second uh, trip. So uh, and they've talked about doing a third one where they start like somewhere in Canada and go all the way down to like uh, South America or something like that uh but yeah those were surprisingly fun to watch um and yeah we totally I'd, i never thought in a million years I'd like them but found myself uh just couldn't stop watching them so i guess as a supplemental netflix pick i would suggest long way round or long way down uh, i think they're only like uh 8 or 9 parts each something like that uh, so mm-hmm. you can get through them Rather quickly, but I, I, I found them really interesting, especially if you don't mind travel logs, because it's, you know, as, as far as like scenery and seeing places uh, and things like that, it's it's pretty tremendous. Uh, let us talk about the box office, Glenn. And uh, it's uh, shocking. Last week when Aaron was on the One Direction movie was at the top of the box office. And holy cow, did it fall fast? Uh, and Aaron, I made Aaron feel old because he didn't know who One Direction were. Tell me, Glenn, <laughs> that you know who One Direction is.
1: Yeah, I, I unfortunately know who oh, One okay. Direction.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you. I mean, I know because I have a ten-year-old uh, daughter, so that that worked for me. I, I I knew who I knew who they were, but this movie dropped, sir. It was number one last week, and this week it's number ten. It fell fast. Uh, It only made 2.4 million, so all the kids went to go see it the opening weekend, and then nobody went back to see more. Uh, The movie that is not a Pixar film, Planes, made 3.1 million. Instructions not included, 4.2 million. Where the Millers made 5.4 million. Lee Daniels' The Butler fell to fifth place, 5.6 million. Riddick is in. Oh my 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 bad, that was fourth place. Uh, Third place goes to Riddick. uh, Made seven million dollars. The Family with Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer opened with 14.5 million and Insidious Chapter 2 made 41 million dollars opening weekend. Is that a big horror franchise, Glenn?
1: Uh yeah, I mean
0: Insidious. That's not, I mean that's not a bad that's not a bad opening weekend for horror. No, movie.
1: that that's pretty good. Cuz it's low budget too. I mean, I don't know what its budget was, but I know it wasn't anything outrageous.
0: No. No, um, and that being said, there's really only one new wide release. There's a they're re-releasing the Wizard of Oz, uh, the, the original Wizard of Oz, in IMAX 3D, which I can't imagine how that's going to look. Um, you know, Wizard of Oz is a pretty old film. Even cleaned up on an IMAX screen, might not look the prettiest. <laughs> uh, and uh, this movie's coming out. I didn't even know it was coming out. <laughs> I've never even heard of it, because I'm not seeing a lot of uh, press for it, but Prisoners, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, yeah, is opening, and uh, so far it's gotten pretty good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, only 23 reviews, but it's 83%.
1: It looks pretty good, I watched the trailer the other day, because I was like, I never even heard of it until a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and it uh- was... It's it also, interesting
0: yeah it's also starring uh, Academy Award winner Melissa Leo Paul Dano's in it uh, Viola Davis Terrence Howard Maria Bello are all in it so it's not a bad cast I, I just haven't seen a lot of press for it anywhere you normally you see like a, a push and it's it's doing pretty good uh, reception wise so uh, that is what is opening this week in uh, in movie theaters and hopefully we're gonna get Aaron back next week for more fun and games. Uh, but until then, you can always check us out on the .com. Cinemageekly.com is our home on the interwebs. And uh, social media interactions, we got that too. Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Tumblr, those are all at Cinemageekly. And of course, if you're an internet curmudgeon and you do not believe in these newfangled social medias, uh, you can also contact us the old-fashioned internet way via email uh, info at cinemageekly.com is where you can email any comments or questions. Of course, you can also uh, direct message us and things like that on, uh, on all of the other social media sites as well if you uh, have any questions or comments for us. And we will gladly, as, uh, as some people are well aware of, answer them, even if they're people flaming or trolling us. We will answer them. Uh, on, oh, hopefully, Glenn, that's not an invite for people to just start flaming us, because <laughs> if, if that starts happening, I don't think we're just going to read every like flame <laughs> that comes our way, but um, <laughs> by and large, we will read what you send us uh, and, and talk about it on the air, especially if it's an actual comment or a suggestion or, or something like that. We'll be happy to do that. Uh, So, that being said, hopefully aaron will be back next week hopefully glenn will be here as well it'll be a big family reunion on the podcast uh maybe if the moon the sun and the stars all align the proper way a couple universes as well uh joe mcdonald might even show up who knows uh so yeah well okay that's probably not too likely but you never know maybe joe shows up once uh once every two years now i believe is uh, was what he's contracted for on the podcast <laughs> so uh that's in his contract he's like i'll i'll do this thing but only if it's every every once every couple of years uh i don't i don't know where i'm going with that point glenn I, i'm gonna end the podcast now uh, before it gets too awkward for glenn Bove, this is anthony lewis thanks for checking us out on the cinema Me podcast we will see you next week Aaron I got a question for you yeah what's that uh who would you say is your favorite dc female superhero who also happens to have an invisible jet
1: wow uh well she would definitely have to be from the amazon and I would want her to be the leader of the amazon so if you were she would be an amazon prime so I would have to say wonder woman would be my favorite
0: amazon prime Aaron that's amazing that you just happened to drop that reference it's That's incredible Uh, because Cinema Geekly has has sold out to Amazon, as a matter of fact. What you say? Yeah, that's true. Amazon Prime. We love it. In fact, I believe you also use it. I use it as well. I use it every day. And just to actually show you that we have absolutely no proof of this, however, but to show you how sincere we are about Amazon Prime, we've been using it long before Cinema Geekly started affiliating itself with Amazon yeah, we're old school Amazon backers. We just love it so much we that do. Uh, you know we decided, why not? Let's let's share it with the world. Let me tell you about it real quick, everybody. It's kind of like Netflix a little bit. There's uh, over thirty thousand movies and television shows that you can stream on various devices like the PlayStation, Xbox, Wii, Roku, uh, TiVo. I think you can get you can basically get an Amazon Prime app on anything that comes with app capability. The fun does not stop there. If you shop Amazon, I know a lot of people do, mm-hmm. you don't just get all of the movies and the TV shows streaming for free, but you also get free two-day shipping on literally a gajillion items. And wow. I don't And I don't think I am overstating that. I don't believe you are. I mean, to me, that makes it far superior to Netflix because I a, don't get free shipping with Netflix. A gajillion items. Um, <laughs> if you happen to own the Amazon tablet called the Kindle, Not everybody does, but some people do. And if you do have one, especially for your reading purposes, Amazon Prime also gives you the Kindle lending library, which means you can kind of go to the digital library, borrow books. You don't even have to buy them. You can borrow them, read them, send them back and get another book. $79, but that's for the year. That's a one-time payment for the year. And if you piece that out, like Netflix, it's actually $20 cheaper than Netflix. And you get free shipping? Free shipping, tons of movies, tons of TV shows. Uh, it's got a lot free of this books free books it's got a lot of the same content that Netflix has and some stuff that Netflix doesn't have they actually have a to. lot of stuff Netflix
1: has Netflix uh, lost all their license to a lot of stuff like first ESPN uh, kid shows uh, things like that that Amazon Prime still has
0: Stargate just throwing it out there in big Stargate <laughs> fan Amazon Prime they've got a sweet deal going on with us specifically right now and you don't actually have to spend Anything and you can help us out. There's a banner on top of cinemageekly.com. You click it, it takes you to where you can start a free trial for one month with Amazon Prime. If you sign up for that, Amazon sends us money. How cool is that? They send us money to help with our, uh, our server costs and uh, bandwidth and all of that internet bullshit. And it doesn't cost you anything to do the free trial. You get it for a month if you love it. Spend 79 bucks and enjoy it for a year because I... I am never not subscribing again to Amazon Prime just because it has literally been that helpful. We buy a lot of stuff from Amazon, and I like watching television. So take money away from a giant corporation. Right. (laughs)